Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, August 16th. U.S. equity futures are trading lower, although not dramatically. So the S&P futures are down about nine points. That's about 20 basis points. Dow futures are off a similar percent, down 75 points. That's also about 20 basis points. NASDAQ futures are performing a tiny bit better, down 20 points. That's about 13 basis points. So mild declines in U.S. equity futures. The major European indices are trading a bit worse, down about 50 to 60 basis points. You're seeing the most underperformance in basic resources down nearly 2%. Energy stocks are down about a percent and a half. And a lot of retail names, um, including Caring, LVMH, L'Oreal, stocks like that are down about 1.6%. And you're seeing outperformance in certain safer haven areas like healthcare, real estate, telecom in Europe. Asia finished in the red pretty much across the board. Japan saw a pretty steep decline, down about 1.6%. Hong Kong finished off 80 basis points, and the Shanghai comp was actually flat. So a few moving pieces this morning for investors to consider. Um, Obviously, Afghanistan dominated um, a lot of the media commentary over the weekend and then again this morning. I think how that translates for markets, um, I think it's going to create just more political turmoil in the U.S. coming up, um, you know, as starting in September, where Congress will return from recess with an extraordinarily busy and controversial agenda. Um, remember, Democrats are barely holding on to majorities. They need to have essentially 100% alignment if they intend on executing the Biden agenda. You've already had grumblings from moderates um, about certain parts of that agenda. I think this Afghanistan, um, the events in Afghanistan are going to further undermine Biden, um, further undermine the Democratic leadership and create more turmoil within that party. Um, which again, I think will just kind of add to some of the, uh, you know, con- contentious environment that you're going to be seeing in Washington. So I wrote about that over the weekend. Um, you know, I've been writing even before, um, you know, the Afghanistan events about how Washington is probably going to be the b- biggest macro topic or one of the biggest macro topics in, um, as of September. And I think this will just, um, Afghanistan will just exacerbate that. So that's, that's kind of my views on how Afghanistan translates to the market. The other big piece of news this morning came out of China, where they published more July economic figures. They were disappointing. So you had industrial production, retail sales, both decelerated pretty meaningfully versus June, and both fell short of expectations. Um, you know, obviously the Shanghai comp traded well. You are, um, you know, you, there is a lot of kind of bad is good type of commentary this morning, um, whereby poor Chinese economic numbers could spur further policy easing. I think you're going to see officials continue on the same path of pulling policy levers um, moderately, um, but not unleashing kind of a shock and awe type of uh, easing campaign. So we're going to get the loan prime rate updates later this week. That's the main Chinese um, policy rate. I suspect they will stay on change. If they were to be cut, that would be a pretty uh, a very meaningful signal to the market that China is, in fact, um, embarking on a, on a very powerful easing campaign. But I think for the time being, they're going to kind of continue along the trajectory um, of tweaking things at the margin um, and just watching to see how growth unfolds. There was positive news out. I would say the COVID dynamic in the last 72 hours is probably net positive just versus expectation. So the case figures in China continue to fall pretty meaningfully. Um, you know, they were north of 100 uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They're now down to about 15. So remember, China, the government is pursuing a zero tolerance policy with regards to COVID. So even a single case could result in some very draconian lockdown measures. Um, that's likely 
contributing to some of the growth softness that has been um, that has been seen in the July figures, and will probably kind of uh, extend into August as well. But the fact that cases are coming down that that kind of uh, signals that the government, um, you know, perhaps will not have to keep in place some of these measures for a very long time. So that's encouraging. Um, in the U.S., you saw you know a mild um, a mild uh, positive out of Florida, where um, COVID-related hospitalizations fell for the first time in two weeks. And then the vaccination numbers are ticking higher too. So obviously that's an encouraging development as well. Um, in aggregate, the U.S. COVID situation is still relatively grim, um, although it is concentrated in, in a handful of states. So it's not necessarily um, nationwide. But I would say in, I would say the COVID situation, again, is kind of uh, a small positive just versus expectations um, over the last about 72 hours. And those are the major macro themes and trends for the weekend. Um, you know, I still think the the rest of August is going to be extremely quiet and slow. Um, you know, you're, you're in a period of also very thin liquidity, so it's going to be a lot of liquidity air pockets, and you're probably going to see some sudden moves. But um, I wouldn't conflate volatility in the market with any kind of um, volatility in the underlying macro narrative. It's just going to be a very slow period. Um so those are the, mac- the macro backdrop over the weekend. Um, on the micro front, nothing super incremental to really mention. Um, you do have coming up this week, um, there's going to be a lot of retail and tech earnings. So starting tomorrow morning, you have Home Depot, Walmart. Um, these are all the retail earnings. So Home Depot, Walmart, Tuesday morning, Lowe's, Target, Wednesday morning, Macy's, Kohl's, Thursday morning. And then you have analog devices Wednesday morning, Cisco, NVIDIA Wednesday night. Analog devices will probably be very important. The semis have been quite precarious lately. Um, you know, there has been a lot of anxiety around the semi cycle, if it's at a peak, if it's past a peak. Um, and so ADI, I think, will be a critical data point for that group. You also have a New Zealand central bank decision. Normally would not be very important, but New Zealand could become this week the first major central bank to raise rates um, since the pandemic. So just kind of continuing that theme of uh, monetary policy globally, starting to get dialed back at the margin. You have Fed minutes on Wednesday. I know, again, I think the Fed narrative has moved beyond whether or not there will be tapering. The big question now is the pace of tapering. And then also um, a question around kind of the pace of rate hikes. So September 22nd, in my view, um, you're going to get more clarity on the pace as well as the next dot plot. The minutes on Wednesday, I think, are just going to kind of confirm that the Fed is indeed um, planning on tapering later this year. And then I and I suspect that will be Powell's message at Jackson Hole, too. So the next big Fed event for me will be the um, August jobs report, which comes out Friday, um, September 3rd. I think that will play a huge role in determining kind of how quickly they um, they they draw back on quantitative easing. Um, and that is everything for today. A bunch of other items to uh, be aware of. Everything's in the piece this morning, um, including a, a broader discussion on kind of just Afghanistan and how that will impact Washington. But that is everything for today, Monday, August 16th. Thanks for listening.